Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Teen Girl Talk listeners. I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor today, Liquid Death. Liquid Death is a sparkling water straight from the Alps, packaged in tall boy cans in white, black, and gold. On initial first glance, it looks like a beer or an energy drink. Not going to name names. But it is delicious, sparkling or flat, water with a spooky skull on the side and heavy metal lettering. i going to crack one right now. Did you hear that? <laughs> it's called liquid death because it will murder your thirst and vows death to plastic. The cans are infinitely recyclable and it won't end up in a landfill somewhere or like that weird garbage island that's floating in the middle of the ocean. I love this brand because as a person who doesn't drink, beverages at shows can be super limited and we're going to be able to go to shows again. Ordering a water or a seltzer at a concert, they give me like a tiny plastic cup. I get like two sips and if someone bumps into me, ends up on me or on the floor. And Liquid Death offers an alternative of a hydrating beverage that also looks adequately badass. I have honestly never seen a brand so dedicated to doing good in the world while also being so totally goofy and fun. They did a promotional tie-in with the Zack Snyder zombie heist Dave Batista movie, Army of the Dead, and they fashioned a koozie that you can wear around your head like a bandolier, but with water cans in it. You can sign a contract to sell your soul to them for a free 12-pack, and the instructional video on how to do so, completely silent I may add, all just gestures, <laughs> was provided by my favorite true-blooded werewolf, Joe Mangiello, and you can go to liquiddeath.com and get a koozie two-pack, $8 value, for free when you purchase a 12-pack of Liquid Death and use the code TEENGIRLTALK at checkout. They are also available nationwide at 7-Eleven and Whole Foods, and for all of my upstate people, sheets, you know what I'm talking about, roll, Pensy gang. So again, you can go to liquiddeath.com and get a koozie two-pack 
and they have the Reaper on them. They're pretty sick. I like them. <laughs> when you purchase a 12 pack and use the code Teen Girl Talk at checkout. Welcome to Teen Girl Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. And this week we are cruel summer. So we're doing something a little different this week um, because I will say from the up top, I completely underestimated how good cruel summer was going to be. I thought it was going to be a different kind of good. I anticipated a lifetime movie, you know, um, something sort of like scandalous and it's. I would say my favorite thing I've watched this year, it is so skillfully written, and I was going to play a game on the extra credit where I described the episodes to Frank, and then Frank had to guess what happened in the next episode, which we will still do, but there is an addendum to this game, because I have watched all of the five episodes already released. I watched them in one night, I stayed up till 2am and felt like shit the next day, but that is how riveting this show was. Um... I don't believe we've ever watched anything off of Freeform before, but this is a partnership between Freeform and Hulu. And so um, I am unfamiliar with, uh, let's call it the Freeform family, and (laughs) they have partnered with Hulu, and I've been seeing billboards and all kinds of promotion for this. And what I understood from the preview was a woman disappears, another woman, like a teen disappears, Another teen who was a nerd takes over her life, and then the teen that disappeared came back. Which, to me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is right in our lane, this is lifetime specific, but I was so wrong. So, to give um, both Frank and the listener kind of a, um, let's call it a primer... All of these episodes are going to take place and be split up between 1993, 1994, and 1995. We are going to be consistently jumping between the three years. The way that this is delineated um, for the viewer is, in addition to, you can tell from plot points, you can also tell from the character, the way the characters are styled. And um, for whatever reason... And I think, I actually think this is used to, like, a direct benefit. 1995 has a purple filter over it. So everything in 1995 seems dark and ominous and upsetting. So it opens up on Jeanette's birthday, 1993. The um, the actor that plays Jeanette is... I I can't say enough good things about her. So in 1993, she's her nerdy self. We have the glasses, we have the braces, we have the wavy hair wig, (laughs) which is so clearly a wig, but it is okay because it fits the character. And I know that this is something that's like really started um, to kind of come to prominence in shows recently. It's like we have adults playing teen selves. I'm thinking about Pen15. (laughs) <laughs> but she is like even her mannerisms are so dead on like in 1993 she's like super nerdy she um she smiles a ton she's so light and as we see the years progress um 
we'll see uh, a jadedness and um, and I'm only telling you this because we're going to see it almost immediately two scenes later in 1995. <laughs> um, I would say kind of a an edge to Jeanette. So how much have you heard or seen about Cruel Summer? Um, the only thing I've seen is an ad before uh, like Letterkenny episodes. <laughs> I would love to know the Venn diagram of Letterkenny viewers and Cruel Summer viewers. Well, I mean... Besides you. Well, <laughs> Frank's I mean, like, Frank is the Spider's George of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Hulu viewing. I don't know what a Spider's George is. It's that thing that went around Tumblr forever where it was like, uh, the average person eats two spiders a year when they're asleep. This is actually thrown off, the statistic is thrown off by Spiders George who eats 10,000 spiders a year or something. <laughs> I'm serious, Google Spiders George right now. Okay. If it takes a while, you can cut out the the in-between of you Googling. But well, well, the thing is, like, I'm sure they're just like, we want you to watch this because it's a show we made. Um... But here's the thing, and I'm not going to blame the marketing team because I don't even know how they would get across the way that this show so effortlessly moves from, and up top, I want to say, we are going to be dealing with some incredibly heavy themes. Um, domestic abuse, uh, kidnapping, grooming, and um, I, Frank will put the trigger warnings in. Did you get Fine Spider's George? Yes. Okay. Um, he looks like a man who eats 10,000 spiders a year. I didn't even know there was an actual physical representation of him. I was just talking about the uh, Tumblr post. Well, it's, it's like this old disheveled looking man and he's holding a stick and he's holding out his hand and a spider is like coming down. He's like, no spider, get away from him. He's going to eat you. So... No. I think that this show does a really good job of respectfully um, approaching the subject matter because there's no tongue-in-cheek. Like, I, I'm i so interested to how Frank's going to perceive this show because I don't want to kind of over-promise, but also I'm like, oh my god, it's so good. Okay, so we're going to do the first episode. As somebody who continually over-promises, like... <laughs> I feel ready for this. Okay. Oh, oh, but Susie, one thing I wanted to tell you that we did not pick up on two episodes of watching Shadow and Bone. Yeah. Do you know who the Bagra is? She's Catface Meowmers. I thought she looked familiar. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't IMDb, kids. She is from the Harry Potter. Yeah, she's Madame Hooch. Yeah, she... I didn't know her real name. I only know the Brad Neely version. <laughs> Catface Meowmers. <laughs> Okay, oh, so... fuck. I was just thinking, what if we did, like, a wizard people for, like, Shadow and Bone? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No. Oh, not, not like if we did, but we just made up nicknames for everybody. That already happened. <laughs> we don't give a nickname for, for the Darkling. We just called him General Scritches. You called him General Scritches. I called him General Darkling. Also, um, so we decided to... Uh, skip talking about the last two episodes of Shadow and Bone because I think there is a very high probability that we are going to talk about season two. So we'll just kind of fold it into that. Part of that is that um, the book was so wildly different than the show. And I kind of want to see where the show decides to take yeah. the the plot twist that they decided on versus the book because I think character characteristically it really changes Alina on a whole. Um, don't want to give away any spoilers. I think I already talked about this with the book, but like... No, you didn't. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, Frank was mostly scrolling Instagram when I talked about it. (laughs) Now that we're in person again, I'm starting to realize that when we were on Skype and I couldn't see Frank and I'd make a point and there'd be like a heavy (laughs) silence, it's because he was looking at Instagram. But okay, so I really, I want to cover the three episodes so that next week when... and. I looked up, I, this is how rabid I am for the show. I had, I had watched the five episodes in full. Then I had to rewatch the first three to take notes. And then I started watching the fourth again before I came over. And then the sixth is going to be released on Hulu tonight at 3am. And I, no joke. And we, it's not like Hulu is sponsoring us. I have no allegiance to Hulu. I kind of hate their interface, but like, I was like, Maybe I'll wake up at 3 a.m. watching the episode. Like, I have a problem. But, okay. <laughs> but that, was just, that just reminds me of, like, when they came up with the Daredevil Netflix show. Uh-huh. Like, my friends and I were all like, we're going to sit down and watch it together because we love, you know, Daredevil. And then, like, my my uh, friend Danny was just like, I watched all of it in one night. Yeah. It's... It came out at midnight. I just kept watching it. So, I am not a show binger at all. I love sleep. So, usually I'm like... This show is good. I will either fall asleep during the show or I will be like, I'll watch it tomorrow. I couldn't, every episode I would be like, okay, I definitely, I have to go to bed after this one. I was like, no! So, okay, episode one. Um, this is the- I really like your notebook. Thank you. There's my- so much going on with it. <laughs> don't, look, don't look at my notebook. Guys, I took notes! That's how- so- Episode one, it is, I believe, June 13th. This is the one episode I forgot to write the date down for. But it's at the beginning of each episode, you see a scroll. It's like typewriting, typewritten, computer written, um, like in the X-Files. <laughs> I was going to say, like the Star Wars opening scroll. <laughs> no, it's not scrolling. It's type- It's oh. like... So it says, <laughs> that's the sound it makes. <laughs> um, the events that are about to unfold have taken place approximately in June date. Susie forgot to write down. <laughs> 93, 94, and 95. So, 93. We get Jeanette being woken up. And uh, her whole family's there. Her hot dad. Her mom who's kind of needy. And her pretty good looking brother. Beck's album, Mellow Gold, is making moderate <laughs> ways through the charts. Also, the music in this show is great. I, I was telling a friend, um, you know, I'm really loving that people are so nostalgic for the mid-90s because living through the 90s was not great. I mean, everything was kind of gross. But 
the great thing about nostalgia media is they only pick the best parts of it. <laughs> and so Jeanette is woken up with a cupcake presented to her, her whole family singing to her. Her pretty good looking brother says, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to skip out on dinner. I bought, I s- slept in line overnight to get boys to men tickets. Cause that's a thing you used to have to do. You had to go to a physical location to buy tickets. And he said, I really wanted to impress Tiffany. And so Jeanette says, it's no big deal. I totally get it. You can go ahead. And her parents are like, Mm-mm, gotta come to dinner. Then before cake, you can leave. So then we get a 1994 wake up birthday. Jeanette looks totally different. Flat ironed hair, no glasses, no braces. Jamie, her boyfriend, comes in with a cupcake. Horns. Why? <laughs> there is a discussion of how did you get up here? <laughs> and he's like, I promised your dad we would wait until we were married to you know. And she's like, but he's like, what doesn't know doesn't hurt him. So Jamie has planned a big day of roller skating. And all of their friends are going to be there. 1995, we are now in blue filter. But this is the thing. So we're getting these snippets. And her dad wakes her up gruffly, says your lawyer is here. Everything is in blue filter. Flat iron hair is gone. Jeanette is looking rough. She's being very rude to her hot dad. And I can say that because her dad is supportive. Like, I, I, I'm not going to get into it. Oh, gosh. I want you to like be like every time I go to give a spoiler. I don't know what spoilers are gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like her dad is supportive, buzzing myself. <laughs> this is this is like being like okay, hey, every time like I'm gonna blindfold you, and then every time I'm about to make a turn, I want you to honk the horn. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> How am I supposed to know? <laughs> Must anticipate the turn. Okay. Now also, oh, do they ever go to Mexico and it's orange filtered? No. Just like in sepia tone. <laughs> like, like in fucking Breaking Bad, and everybody who wanted to be Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um. Actually, from this point on, all of the camera angles are from the camera on the floor. <laughs> POV. I'm joking. Like Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, okay. Did, did somebody do like pull a fucking Orson Welles and they're like, like you need to look up at these men. They are giant. And they're like, we can't. There's the floor. We can't get. And then Orson Welles storms off and comes back with an axe and just axes the floor. Like, okay, I guess we're tearing up the floor now. <laughs> no, actually, they wanted to do a POV of a Pringles can. So the rest of this episode is filmed from the bottom of a Pringles can. <laughs> Who's carrying it? We never find out. That's the mystery. Yeah. It's the murderer. You don't know. He popped and now he can't stop. <laughs> what, did he pop on Pringles? Did he pop on murder? Did he hop on pop? Both. Um, I don't know why I held up two fingers. So we, I gotta, I gotta push through. Because I gotta introduce you to all of our characters. Do you not like my game? No, I like your game. I, it's just, my mind is racing. Okay, so you gotta pay attention. I'm paying. Focus in, Coda, focus in. Oh, wait, where does this take place? Portland? No, Texas. But I have a problem with that. Because it's a, it's a cruel summer, right? Even in June, I'm pretty sure Texas is like a million degrees. If you are from That's Texas, a cool summer. <laughs> yeah. If you are from Texas, please write us at realteengirlwilltalk at gmail.com. I know we could Google the weather, but I will take your word over it. So if you tell me it is totally normal to wear long pants and a sweatshirt <laughs> on the 4th of July in Texas, I will believe you. But right now, 
Okay. I don't believe you. Just a quick, like, 10-second thing. Like, that's always the thing in Breaking Bad. Jesse's always wearing giant hoodies. I'm like, isn't it supposed to be super hot there? Even that I get more, though, because it's a... I'm, I'm gonna say the thing that people hate. It's a dry heat. As a person... We come from, like, a very humid state. But, like... What was that? Uh, I think somebody came in. Okay. But as far as um, Texas goes, Texas is hot as fuck. Yeah. I mean, so, it's right in the Gulf. Yeah. Okay, so, pushing forward. Also, nobody seems to have air conditioning. There's never, like, a discussion of the heat, which I find inexplicable. Um, so, Vince and Mallory are Jeanette's best friend. Mallory is played by Harley Quinn Smith, who, okay. this is not a spoiler, there is an episode where she keeps saying, should we just watch Clerks now? We should probably watch Clerks now. Um, she is, they are... All super best friends. They ride their bikes to the mall. There's a discussion about what movie they're going to see. This gives me big Stranger Things vibes because they mention a movie um, where Christian Slater has a monkey heart. And I looked it up. It's Untamed Hearts. And then they talk about seeing Jurassic Park again. And then Vince is supposed to distract um, Jeanette while Mallory runs off and gets Jeanette a birthday present. And here's where we meet our clique, our cool girls. We have Kate Wallace, who is like perfect blonde hair. She's wearing a baby doll dress over a little white t-shirt. She's browsing these hideous purses. Um... Fashion in the 90s was, and I say this from personal experience, gross. <laughs> and <laughs> while everyone in this show looks cute because they're Hollywood beautiful, their clothes are gross. <laughs> um, her two best friends, Tennille and Renee, I, I know, I was like, haven't heard that name in a while, are playing that game where you hold your hands out and slap them. Oh, yeah. So they give... Uh, Jeanette the stink eye, but we are led to know... <laughs> She's not doing cool things, slap. Yeah, we are led to know that, like, Kate is kind of the holy grail. This gave me... Do you remember in Jawbreaker where Pam Mayo is talking about Liz Purr? Where she's like, Liz Purr is perfect. Yes, vaguely. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> there's, like, a, a little... Um, Say goodbye to these, Liz Purr. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little conversation between Kate and um, Jeanette where Jeanette's like, it's my birthday. And Kate's like, great. And you can tell that Kate's used to being one of those like beautiful, popular people who is just sort of spontaneously, like magnanimously nice to people who are not as cool. So now we cut to 94. Jamie's at the roller rink. He kisses Jeanette. Jeanette looks popular. Jeanette has flat ironed hair. And you're like, wait, what? Because we just cut away from Jamie coming to meet Kate at the uh, ugly purse kiosk and kissing her. And so... I cannot wait to figure out how Jeanette, like, did this 180. Frank, I don't... I've watched five episodes. I have no idea. So this this is why the show is genius. <laughs> so, and then Renee and Tennille pull her away and they're like, tell us about your first time. And she says, it was perfect. And they were like, don't say it's magical or I'm going to give you a boob punch, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> That's a, Okay, that sounds like girl right, like actual yeah. girl writing. <laughs> um, and then she was like, it was perfect. And then Renee's like, I'll punch your other boob. <laughs> 1995. <laughs> 
Kate is alone in the <laughs> living room watching old news recordings on VHS of news reporters talking about, I'm sorry, not Kate. Jeanette is alone watching VHS about Kate going missing. And Jamie is sitting outside in his car like a creep. And Vince calls her on her portable phone and says, you know Jamie's outside your house, right? Do you want me to call the cops? And she's like, no. And he said, what if Jamie hurts you? And resignedly, Jeanette says, then he hurts me. Blue blue tone again. When do I get to start guessing what happens? At the end of the first episode. Uh, well, maybe not at the first episode, okay. No, we're like 15 minutes in. Okay. Cut, 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 cut. 1993, parents give her a photo of her and her dad. It is established that they are very close. 1994. <laughs> Done with that scene. Move on. <laughs> yeah, Jamie is walking her home. They split the photo booth pictures. We had seen Jamie looking at half of the photo booth pictures in his car, being a creep, and then he puts them in the glove box. Um, they hear gunshots. Vince, who lives right next door to Jeanette, comes out and is like, what was that? And Jamie's like, it was nothing. Jamie is being very suspiciously super cash about these gunshots and says to Vince, welcome to Texas, as if Vince hasn't lived in Texas his whole life. 1995, uh, Jeanette's dad is dating a beautiful bartender who is like just endlessly positive in the face of these two sad sacks and was, was there a divorce we don't know okay yeah this is the thing we don't know because <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet but so the whole time you're like wait what wait what <laughs> and so um, what, what what are the answers to these questions are just like super ridiculous I'm it, so hoping. It's like, Jeanette's mom somehow got on a rocket, ended up in space. We don't know how. Here's the thing. As the show unfolds... <laughs> Sleepwalking. Who knew? Every decision does not feel outrageous because they do so much work in building you to understand the different sides of each person. So, 1993, Dad is up eating cake. Jeanette talks about how she totally understands her brother going to the concert and she makes another wish. Her dad's like, you want to be popular? Sure. Blow out a candle. Very ominous. <laughs> oh. And then he's like, I'm the wish master. I think that came out in the 90s. <laughs> 1995. Um, Jeanette is watching more of her depressing VHS. Uh, the beautiful bartender tries to console her. Jeanette sasses her back bartender's like hey guess what i'm not the enemy and if you ever talk to me like that again we're gonna have a problem but hey i'm here if you want to talk and oh. i was like good job drawing boundaries because jeanette like threw some real class trash at her and was like don't want any advice from the bartender boinking my dad i someone uses boinking at some point but there is an insinuation of them sleeping together and she's like by the way here's a tape of nirvana's never mind it's a really good <laughs> album um can, we, can we go out on a nirvana song Yes. Cool. It, choice is yours. Yes. So I'm uh, going to, to tell you nameless. about the jewelry box of foreshadowing. <laughs> the jewelry box of foreshadowing. Jeanette has a jewelry box on her dresser. <laughs> well, there's the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> and every, almost, I forgot to keep total track of this, but I'm pretty sure every, the end of every episode is punctuated by Jeanette dropping foreshadowy things into this jewelry box. The first... If anybody finds this jewelry box, I'm so fucked. But here's the thing. They're super innocuous. But the show is like, check it out. And then we'll see her slam the lid shut. And there's like sort of a childishly written Jeanette in cursive. First thing we see dropped into the jewelry box of foreshadowing. 
this hideous necklace that Mallory and Vince picked out for her at the mall. It says, you go girl, in what looks like a keychain fob, and it has a rainbow cord. All of the colors clash. We will see this necklace endlessly. Remember the necklace. It's just like at the end of the seventh episode, she's like trying to stuff a sh- like a used shotgun in there. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, come on, come on, I really need to get you in there. Um, so... <laughs> She also puts the photo booth pictures of Vince and Mallory in the, um, like, tucks them in her mirror. Okay, we're in 1993 now. Wait, I'm sorry. V- Vince and Mallory are Jeanette, Jeanette's friends. Her best friends. Okay, cool. And one of them is Harley Quinn Smith. Okay. She, so we'll learn more about and her. And Kate's friends are? Renee and Tennille, they almost never say their names, though. Okay. They're like... They are the prototypical sort of, like, lackeys. Like, mean girl lackeys. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so, what I forgot to mention, but we're, it's kind of, um, in 1993, being spooled out for us now, is that the three, Mallory, Jeanette, and Vince, have decided to make a list of, like, exciting things to do over the summer. We do not know what's on this list. Yes, during this cruel summer. (laughs) I, I need someone to say Cruel Summer at some point during the series. <laughs> so the first thing they've decided to do is play hide-and-seek in an empty house. The way this is achieved is they go to Jeanette's dad's real estate office. So, and Mallory says what we're all thinking, that Jeanette's dad is hot. <laughs> she says, remember when we went on that field trip in fourth grade and your dad wore those short shorts? I had a sexual awakening. That, my sexual awakening that day. And Jeanette's like, Mallory! <laughs> Also, hide-and-seek in an empty house sounds really boring. Okay, so, it's not for so many reasons. <laughs> um, remember this address, 324 Huntington Road. That is the keys that Mallory took from Jeanette's dad's office. All of this seems very scandalous to me. 666 Pow Pow Lane. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> 1995, we see 324 Huntington Road. It is boarded up. No trespassing is spray-painted on it, and there is a reporter saying, it has been a year since Kate Wallace was rescued from being abducted. Yes! <laughs> Did you get chills? I got chills even saying That's it. really cool. <laughs> and also, also, fucking Jeanette has hidden some ricin in there. Yes. <laughs> and she runs around screaming, Jesse, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and she, like, steps out of the house, and she's like, Hey, Beverly. And she's all disheveled in, like, an army jacket. Who's Beverly? That's uh, Walt's next-door neighbor. <laughs> like, after he gets the ricin in the fifth episode, he steps out of his house, he looks all fucking busted, and he's just like, Hey, Beverly. <laughs> and then she drops her oranges. Oh, God. Okay, so... <laughs> Spoilers 19- for season five of Breaking Bad. So, um, 1994, we see Vincent Mallory at the, um, playground... She says, hey, did you hear that Jeanette had sex with Jamie? And Vince said, who said that? And Mallory said, everyone. And then Vince is like, we grew apart. It's okay. And Mallory says, no, the shithole town does not need two Kate Wallace's. And this felt like a speech that Kevin Smith wrote because she says, you know, the sequel is always worse than the original. And the original wasn't that great to begin with. (laughs) I mean, I do as much as, you know, as a writer, I'm like, yeah. I do kind of like that line. It's so good. And she delivers it like heatedly and perfectly. I mean, that's the thing. Like any bad line reading can be elevated by like 
But like, here's yeah, the... they come in on a tight shot on her face, and she's just like, Kate Wallace was the worst. But I mean, like, here's my thing: it's just like if you're gonna try and pull this grift of replacing the mean girl with yourself, I don't know yet. But like, wouldn't you do that at a different town? Yeah. So, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to. Okay, um, we're almost at the end of uh, episode one. So, guess what? <laughs> they are playing hide and seek in House Three Twenty Four, the at Huntington Road. Mallory and Vince hide upstairs in the um, shower. Jeanette goes downstairs in the basement. This I do not know how they made this basement feel so spooky, even though nothing happened in it. But it's it's fashioned like a dance studio. There's mirrors surrounding the walls, and it's just Jeanette down there. It like has that basement dustiness. And then she comes back upstairs, and there's a man there. He has groceries. Jeanette screams, and he's like, Hi, who are you? What are you doing here? Jeanette spins out a lie real fast and says, Oh, my dad thought he left his briefcase here when he did the walkthrough yesterday, but I guess he didn't. And so she- the, the run back of scream to my dad forgot his briefcase here is incredible. <laughs> yes. So her friends hear her as she's like, I think she literally, she's like, I think there's something in the basement I should show you. Come down here. His name is Martin. And she brings Martin downstairs. They run out. And as Martin lets her out of the house, you get mega creep vibes from him. And he's like, I'm the new assistant principal at the school. And Jeanette's like, okay, cool. And so then they ride their bikes home. So wait, is this house fully furnished? No, it's empty. So he's just coming he's home. He's just from... moving in. Oh, okay. That's why the keys were at the real estate office. Oh, okay. Um, so now, 1994, Jeanette is in Forever 21 with Renee and Tennille and Mallory and Vince come in, and Mallory's like, oh, cool, I heard you slept with Jamie, that must have been great, and Jeanette handles this like a pro. Jeanette's like, it was magical, and just like, Tennille and, and other one, <laughs> and just like, ba-bam, she's like, oh, just, damn it! Boot punched! <laughs> Sneak boot punched! And then, and then Tennille, Valerie, and Mallory, they all high-five. Yeah. So then, and then we all get high fives. <laughs> Jeanette turns to Renee and Tennille that and says, sucks. What, "What sucks? I, I've been eating for you. Oh, what? we're not. We do not have time to slag off on bright okay, eyes right okay. now. <laughs> God. Okay, let's move on. Go. <laughs> I do in love with this show. I am putting down an edict that we cannot slag off on bright eyes until I am done with episode three. It's just like an agenda of like we close out the episode and then Frank's like, hey guys, so I just don't like this one song in this bright eyes. <laughs> this one lyric in this bright eyes song. It's all about balancing a woman between each other like basketballs. Like, okay, move on, go. Okay. Cruel so, summer. <laughs> Woo, cruel summer. <laughs> Jeanette turns to Tennille and Renee and says, can you give me a moment? Like a pro. Like, she should run for office. They're like, yeah, whatever. So then Jeanette turns to Mallory and says, I don't know where all this animosity is coming from. You know, we both, you know you pushed away too. I'm always here if you need to talk. Hugs up on Mallory. Mallory is aghast and turns to Jeanette and says, you're just like her. And spins on her heels and walks out. And then Vince says, I, I'm so sorry. I keep, like, this just keeps reminding me of Breaking Bad. Like, that's, that, once again, that scene where Walt's just like, you should just get out of here. And he hugs Jesse. Jesse's like, 
You need me to go away! <laughs> okay, so 1995, this is like a brief interlude just so we know Jeanette is hated in the town. She's eating fast food in her van. A girl, a group of girls walks by and they call her psycho. She throws a milkshake at them. The girls stare at the milkshake on the ground for like way too long and Jeanette peels out. <laughs> In my mind, she's eating in the passenger seat, like, and she throws the milkshake at the girls and then has to, like, do that awkward thing where you move from the passenger seat into the driver's seat. Scooch, scooch, scooch. Like, oh, God, over the drive thing. Okay, there. Oh, fuck. Okay, there. All right, time to go. Meet me. Okay, so, um, shit is about to pop off, pop off in the last, like, four minutes of this episode. (laughs) So... Jeanette, Tennille, and Renee are all hanging out in her bedroom looking at magazines. Well, Tennille is on the phone downstairs, and Renee and uh, Jeanette are kind of calling her a hoe or whatever. Tennille comes up visibly shaken and is like, oh, that was so-and-so. I don't remember the girl's name. The Renee and Jeanette call that girl a hoe. And she said, Kate was found. And so then Jeanette says, what? Where did they find the body? Who killed her? Which is a fucking nuts thing to say. But... To be fair to her, Kate has been missing for a year. Still nuts. And she said, and Tenille says, Kate is alive. And so Renee and Kate embrace. We immediately cut to the three Wait, of them. Wait, R- Renee and Tenille embrace? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just imagining. I mean, Je- uh, Jeanette is still on a beanbag looking stricken. Jeanette's just like, oh, huh. Ah. Yeah, I'm going to get up and hug you guys right now. Just jumps out the window yeah. and you see her running away. To the <laughs> Homer Simpson style. <laughs> so then... <laughs> she took we, my van. We see all three of them running up to Jamie's house. Jamie's friend Ben comes out and says, You guys shouldn't be here. You need to go. Jamie storms past him, clocks Jeanette in the eye. Yes, this is what I'm talking about. It gets nuts. We don't know why. He screams, You bitch. Jeanette is crying. Ben's like, you guys really got to go. And the two girls Who's take ben? her home. Uh, Jamie's best friend. Okay. I said it, but, it, you know. The, There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's all too much. Okay. So, not, we're back. Uh, 1994. Oh, are we in episode two? Not yet. Well, we're almost there. Okay. I can't wait to Jeanette guess. is icing her eye. The news report says that um, Kate has been released and... Martin, the man that um, Jeanette ran into the briefcase story, was killed in a shootout, rescuing Kate. (laughs) Crazy. Okay, 1993, we're back at the jewelry box of foreshadowing. Hideous necklace, Martin's house key, 1995, and this is what we're going to close out on for episode one. Um... Jeanette is watching Dateline, a VHS of a Dateline episode that was filmed three months after Kate's release. Kate says, um, she's like perfectly coiffed, hair is perfect. She says, my lawyers and representation have told me not to talk about this, but I need this for closure. And the host says, yes, absolutely. She says, Jeanette Turner saw me and never told anyone that I was captured by Martin. And she turns, spikes the camera dead on and says, Jeanette Turner, I hope you rot in hell. And then they replay that because Jeanette is fast forward or rewinding and watching, rewinding and watching three times in a row. Close out of the episode. This is some mystic river shit. (laughs) Yeah. 
After the first episode, I was like, I'm hooked, I'm hooked, I'm hooked. I can't stop. <laughs> okay, what do you think happens in the next episode? <laughs> if you guess any of it, I'm going to, like, take you to bed on the ponies, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, here's the thing. I'm writing a murder mystery right now, and I'm like, this might be a little dark. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's going to get so much darker in this show. Oh, Christ. Um, okay. Um, I think Jeanette's mom mm-hmm. has an affair. Okay. Um, because, like, I think, Jeanette, like, there's just turmoil in the house caused by Jeanette. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jeanette might have steered Martin towards Kate. Okay. Uh, I'm, like, watching your eyes to see if no, I... No, I'm uh, not giving anything yeah, away. Yeah, like, you're not. It's really hard to <laughs> tell. Um... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, 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 um I think, I think someone's getting shot. I mean, besides okay. Martin. Um... That's all I got. Like, it's so hard to think of what bonkers way. I mean, Frank, I the fact that you came up with even that many theories, never having seen the show, not really having like a ground for any of the characters, I'm impressed. Okay, Okay, thank you. So, episode two, June 26th, we get, um, and we start right in 1993. We see Kate. So some of these episodes are going to seem like they're more from Kate's point of view. Uh, we just spend more time with Kate as the the episodes move on. And then we sort of, and then there are episodes where we're going to visit in more with Jeanette. So we see Kate. She's getting ready for her step class. Um, she's in a leotard. Step class used to be a thing. <laughs> it's like a jazzercise or an aerobics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. And- I was just thinking about... Um- did you watch all of Dairy Girls? Not yet. Okay, so the end of season two, mm-hmm. or I think no, it's the end of season one, and I think it, enough time has passed that I can watch it on <laughs> recommendation. But like, um, uh, the the kind of weird girl. Yeah. Um, she's doing a. Is her name like Jana? Jana? No, um, like Shanna M, M something. Okay. 
Um, she's doing a step class for their talent show. This is where the nun's just like, we should ban all these songs with love in it. Um, <laughs> and, like, um, she, but, like, everybody's booing her and laughing, and, like, all the Dairy Girls run up on stage with her. Oh, I love it! Well, the, the thing is, though, and this, like, it was such a gut punch, is, like, the Dairy Girls, and it's like, you know, you, like, you've seen this a thousand times, like, all the, the yeah. friend girls dancing and laughing and whatnot, and we cut to the parents, and they're watching TV, and there's just been, like, a major bombing in <gasps> Derry. And, like, it, like, that, like, just watching their, like, just all stricken faces as they watch TV was hard enough. But then Grandpa Joe puts his hand on, like, his daughter's husband's shoulder. And that, like, just broke me. Because I'm like... Because he hates him, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, like, the fact that they're looking for comfort from each other. Yeah. It's like, I, that's so that good. That show is amazing. Yeah. Okay, but I want to keep talking about this one because it also sounds amazing. So then we see 1994. Kate is like very withdrawn. Her mom comes in and says, and she, Kate is sitting at the vanity, just kind of staring off into nowhere. Um, she's so, was, so it was 1995 that she was on Dateline, right? No, 94. 90, oh, <laughs> it was the yeah. So 94, she's like in it, in it. So her mom comes in and is like. Why don't you put in some earrings? Renee and Tennille are going to be here in a minute. Orla was the girl from Dairy Girls. She did the stuff class. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, And Kate's ears have closed up since she was abducted. So her mom says, you know what? Mama will put that right back where it belongs. And we see her pierce Kate's ears again. And a little bit of blood. Kate, no reaction. 1995. <laughs> Kate is now dressed like... Basically, like, Angela Chase from My So-Called Life. Like, baby doll dress, flannel, uh, leggings, boots. And her hair is darker. She's listening to the Cranberries zombie. Dancing in the lights of, like, a Jeep Cherokee. And we can't see who's in the car. But Kate is like, come dance with me. Come dance with me. You're no fun. Um, by the way, uh, My So-Called Life aired from April 25th, 1994 to January 26th, 1995, so she could have watched it. And Yeah, I think I, so whoever did the styling and the set dressing for the show got it 1000% right. So now we're back in 93, step class, jazzercising, um, both Jeanette Turner and her mom are there. Jeanette is still in full dorkitude. She's wearing that hideous necklace, the you go girl necklace. And she's, watching Kate jazzercise. Kate's getting all the moves. Kate's into it. And she kind of waves at Jeanette. And Jeanette looks behind her like, is she waving at me? I've done that before. Yeah. 1994, we see Kate. She is in a bathtub, fully clothed. Jamie runs in and says, Kate, Kate, are you okay? And she says, I was just thinking of the things I missed while I was gone. Like, what a burger and my favorite sweater and a bath. So I drew a bath and put on my favorite sweater and got in. And he's like, in your clothes? And he's like, get out. And she's like, no. And then she asks him, how did you, how did you end up with Jeanette? How did Jeanette take my life? And Jamie is like, don't think about that. You don't want to. And he tells us that he was putting up missing person flyers. Jeanette approached him to help and just kept coming around. And it just kind of happened. So, <laughs> always fun to hear. Yes. And Kate says, I heard that you punched Jeanette. Do you punch people now? Who are you? And he's like, I shouldn't have done that. So, 1995, Kate gets her belly button pierced. She shows her dad. Her dad is great. 
the dads in this show are A++ standout. He's like, your body, your choice? And she's like, yeah. He, she, and he's like, it looks like it hurt. He's a um, retired pro football player. And she's like, you got tackled by people. Like, your shoulder was dislocated. He said, I'd rather do that 25 times to get my belly button <laughs> You know how I am about needles. And he said, you know your mother's going to shit a brick, right? And Kate says, here's hoping. <laughs> She's eating some disgusting meal of, like, pineapple and what looks like either melted ice cream or milk. I'm not sure. <laughs> melted milk. Um... So, 1994, uh, Kate's mom is like, you gotta give a statement to the police. Kate's like, I'll do it whenever I feel like it. Leave me alone. Um, we're not best friends anymore. And her mom... She's saying this to her mom? And her mom's like, come on, we have a second chance. And she's like, do you remember what you said to me right before I was taken? And her mom said, you know I didn't mean that. And Kate said, I had a lot of time to wonder. And goes upstairs. You're like... And Kate's mom is... A lot. Okay, so, in 1993, Kate overhears her dad talking with a woman about Candace. Uh, They're going to meet up at the garden party. This whole episode takes place around the garden party. Um, Kate's friends are updating her on the year in 1994. They're like, Kurt Cobain died, this happened. And Kate's like, yeah, I don't care. And also, you guys became best friends with Jeanette when I went missing. What is that about? And they're like... We should leave you be. <laughs> like, they are the best. They remind me so much of the Mean Girl lackeys, where they're like, mm, you're being some kind of way. Okay, we're going to go. So, 1993, <laughs> Kate's mom, Mean Girls, about the Turner family. Um, at We're at the garden party at 1993. Ben, who is Jamie's best friend, just to remind you, they all work catering. So, it's Jeanette's brother, Jamie, Jamie's best friend, Ben. And... Ben and Jamie so close to Ben and Josh (laughs) Ben and Jerry (laughs) so they send Ben to get ice and Ben sees Mallory, Vince and Jeanette buying water balloons because we don't know what they're going to do with them yet but they're uh, talking about the different merits of the water balloons he's like if you guys really want to have some fun fill them with shaving cream and Ben we just get the idea that Ben is a generally nice guy 1994 Ben and Jamie are training Ben asked Jamie how Kate has been. He's like, I don't know. Jamie says she's so different. And Ben's like, yeah, she's been through some stuff. And he said, Ben says, don't shoot the messenger, but Jeanette wants to see you. And Jamie's like, I don't want to see her. And Ben's like, come on, you know, just talk to her. You guys were really happy together. It's the happiest I've ever seen you. He's like, give her a message for me and punches Ben in the face. Well, that's the thing. So Ben says, if I tell her you'll meet with her, does she have to worry about being punched? And Jamie says, no, my words will hurt a lot more. Um, like, fuck. Yeah. So then Ben, 1995, we know because of the blue filter, Ben is being deposed by an a lawyer. The lawyer asks, does he believe Jeanette? He said, I used to, but now I don't know what to think. And the lawyer says, do you blame Jeanette for what happened to you? And he said, have you ever heard of a Rue Goldberg machine? It's kind of like that. So yes, I do believe blame Jeanette for what happened. This is Jamie talking. Ben. Ben talking. Okay. What the fuck happened to Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, oh, I feel, I don't know what happened to Ben yet, but I feel like it's going to be heartbreaking because of something that happens later. Okay. So 1994, dad Carter is dropping off good looking brother to work catering at the event. And his friend runs up and is like, oh, 
I kind of you gotta you need to leave. There's rumors going around about Jeanette that she saw Kate and didn't tell anyone. And so, a big brother Turner is like, "Do you believe that?" And he's like, "No, of course I don't." But Tuck, <laughs> so Tuck is like, "I, you know, I've known your sister my whole life, but you kind of need to go." And so brother Turner is upset. Being ostracized as well. Cool. Yes. So Kate sees her dad and Candace go into the club. She tries to tell her mom. To like, the club. <laughs> you know, dad's cheating and her mom totally, like, throws garbage all over her verbally. And is like, stay, mind your business, stay out of this. You're, they call her Katie Cat. Katie Cat, you're just making things up. Uh, 1994, um... Kate and Jamie are eating drunk food in her room. I think it's Whataburger. Jamie goes to get Kate water. His beeper goes off. Kate looks at it. She'll meet you in the park tonight. So when Jamie comes back, Kate says, so what are you doing tonight after you work the garden party? And Jamie says, just hanging out with the guys. And Kate's like, she didn't say that, but you can see it. (laughs) So. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) 1993. Have a good time with the boys. Kate busts in on Candace and her dad just talking about a cruise that her dad, because Candace is a travel agent, that her dad's going to take her mom on. She tries to apologize to her mom, and her mom says, I made it clear I don't want to talk to you. Kate gets very upset and uh, is, like, kind of inconsolable. Now we see a series of speeches. 1993, Kate's mom is like, hey, y'all, you're also great. When my first husband died, you were fantastic. When my husband got, you know, supporting us, bringing us casserole. When my now husband got here, you welcomed him with open arms. Then we get a 1994 speech where she says, you know, you might be wondering how I can be here when Kate just got rescued. But if I could get out of bed every day while she was missing, I can be here now. 1995, she gives a speech about how tired she is. Thinking about the man who abducted um, evil. They refer to him as evil a lot. Uh, The evil that took her Kate. And she's tired of thinking about the evil that still lives in the town. Jeanette. Oh. Um, I was like, Martin? No, I was like, I thought Martin died. (laughs) We cut back to 1993 real quick. Everyone gets pelted with shaving cream balloons. Kate makes eye contact with Jeanette. She rides away on her bike. And Kate wanders away from the party with a bottle of... um, Champagne. Scott Jones, who is her groundskeeper. We're, like, speeding towards the end of episode three. Scott Jones... This this is all episode three? This is episode two. We're almost done. Um, Because, again, it's all garden party, so I don't have to do a lot of scene setting. Um, Scott Jones, who is groundskeeper at uh, Kate's house, finds her drunk. She throws up in the park, and then she says, can we go to Whataburger? He brings her home, and... He, she has said, like, my mom hates me, she hates fatty food, she hates this, that, and the other thing. And Scott's like, you don't know what you're talking about. They put Kate to bed. We see Kate's mom being like, I don't know what's going on with her. She's not like that. Kate's mom is having an affair with Scott Jones. <laughs> and we over, Kate sneaks down the stairs and overhears her mom say, we gotta be careful. She's nosing around now. Told you Kate mom suck. Damn it, but I said Janet's mom had a, the affair. Yeah, it's so Damn it. Okay, so, so 1994, Jamie meets Jeanette in the park. They kiss. She says, you know, Kate's really traumatized. Maybe she doesn't remember what she's seeing. And Jamie's, like, smooching up on her. 1993? 
Um, oh, 1995, we see Kate enter a chat room, an AOL chat room for people who have been abducted and survived, which is a very specific chat room, but her name is, I think, Trauma-Rama, and... I'm just thinking about those old chat rooms and just, like, how little safety people had in them. Yes. So, Kate, 1994, we see Kate watch Jamie and Jeanette kiss. She goes immediately to the police station and tells them Jeanette saw her and she has proof. And we see her drop the hideous you go girl necklace on the table. And then the, she says, and if she wasn't there, how do I have this? 1995, she shows her mom her belly button. Her mom says, are you trying to kill me? The news comes on and it's like crazy turn in the Kate Wallace case. Jeanette Turner, who was accused of not letting anyone know that she saw Kate Wallace, is suing Kate Wallace. Wait. Jeanette is suing Kate Wallace for defamation of character. Holy shit. So, Kate's mom freaks out and says, she's trying to take this family's money. We zoom in on Kate who just opens her mouth and starts screaming. We see her parents start in the back. Hard cut to 1993. Kate is in a red dress that we've never seen before, sobbing, banging on a basement door, saying, please unlock it. End of episode. Holy shit. <laughs> yes! Um, okay. Uh, productions for episode three. Okay, yes. the end of the episode, we're going to see uh, Martin's dead body. It, and then, like, all of a sudden... His hand moves as he unzips his body and now pops Jeanette. Okay. Uh, Greg's like, only prediction. <laughs> I mean, basically. Like, I have no fucking clue anymore where this show is going. <laughs> you could be like, like, third episode, oh, Jeanette gets a Gundam. Don't know how I knew that term, but fuck it. <laughs> like, she gets a Gundam. She's flying around. She's flying wing zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeanette is an astronaut. <laughs> Uh, the one thing, the term bike away um, after throwing something reminds me of our Rutgers newspaper. They had like a 50 cheap date things uh-huh. for like Valentine's Day. And there were some blue ones in there, but my favorite one was just like get a um, get a giant heart ice container, fill it full of conversation hearts, make it into one big ice piece, throw it through your ex's window, bike away quickly. <laughs> So what's so funny is Frank is acting like this is the official paper of the college. This is not. This is like the hipster joke paper. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, okay, hit me with episode three. I want to keep this trainer rolling. Guess what? It's 4th of July. These episodes that unfold. The following events that unfold happened on approximately July 4th, 1993, I can only imagine how insane 4th of July is in Texas. Okay, first of all, I don't think the show had a ton of money to pay extras, because when they go to the fireworks, the fireworks are, let's say, sparsely attended at best. But they have a carnival scene later, I think episode five, that seems very well attended. And or just is, there's a lot of bright lights and it's so distracting. <laughs> and we just, we there was a carnival, we're like, fuck it, there's a carnival. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna gorilla market this thing. <laughs> so... 93. Lights out, Gorilla Radio. 90, <laughs> 90s reference, boom. There you go. <laughs> uh, 1993, Jeanette, we're in full nerdum still, is filling out a teen quiz and maybe a YM or a teen bop or a 17 magazine. Sorry, 
New thing. Each of those Jeanette is a different Jeanette. There's three Jeanettes. Like crossing in the time. Yes. But <laughs> it's from... like the Andrew WK theory. Andrew oh, WK theory. That there's like three Andrew WKs. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> um, so her mom comes in and sees her rubbing her eyes and is like, why don't we try contacts again? And Jeanette's like, no. 94, Jeanette's mom is like really getting herself worked up about these rumors going on about Jeanette. And handsome brother is just like, mom, yeah, it, it's what's happening. I've been disinvited from parties. Dad lost the sale. Like this thing is not going away. And you can tell this is like apocalyptic for... Uh, Jeanette's mom. Jeanette, see, 1995, Jeanette sees Kate at a stoplight and is like, oh no. And Kate looks over, sees Jeanette, gets out of her car, starts banging on Jeanette's car, yelling, get out, get out, you coward. How many more of my sloppy seconds are you going to try to take? And now you're trying to take my family's money. Jeanette jumps the red light makes a right turn around Kate's car into oncoming traffic and speeds away as Kate stands in the road and yells, Jeanette Turner, you are actual trash. (laughs) Okay, 1994, Dad Turner and Son Turner are talking about how... Son Turner tells his dad, Jamie punched Jeanette. She lied to you. It wasn't a volleyball accident. And they decide they have to go speak to Jamie. 1995, a cop, we'll see, this is like the only cop in this town. We will see him nonstop. Um, He brings Jamie home to his mom and says he got caught sitting outside the Turner's house again. Mr. Turner is saying this is stalking. Jamie's mom is like, I told you to knock off the loitering. And Jamie's like, ooh, okay. Hi, my name's Officer, completely out of my league. Um, 93, we're in Jeanette's room. Mallory stole um, her mom's pot, Janice's pot. And because one of the list items, remember the list? <laughs> one of the list items was steel contraband. Um, and Jeanette had stole a nudie magazine from her brother, uh, Vince had stolen his grandma's cooking sherry, which apparently tastes like salt and ass. And then Mallory had the pot. Vince and Jeanette to are the upset land about of the salt pot. and ass. <laughs> um, we see a news report about Jeanette suing Kate, where uh, a pundit infers that Jeanette is a psychopath and a sociopath. A young Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> 94 officer kingsley again the one cop in the town there's one cop and one detective comes to bring Jeanette in for questioning both her parents go her mom is flipping out um i, I nearly said like G- t- um james earl jones's like great grandson but i'm like no that was tommy lee jones oh in no country for old men um, and this is truly in the words of of tom bell from uh no country for old men the crime these days, it's hard to even take its measure. But yes. That's what this is. <laughs> for real, for real. So, 95, Vince calls Ben. We don't know it's Ben. It sounds like Ben. And later we will come to find out it is Ben. But that he is being deposed on Monday. And Ben says, you have to stop calling me. You need to understand. And Vince says, I don't want to. And Ben says, I need you to know that every time you call me, it causes me pain. Yes. No. So. No. 
95, Jeanette is scraping off graffiti on her van that says, lying slam pig. Her dad comes out and goes, what is a slam pig? <laughs> Jeanette says, uh, it's a term for a loose woman. They are conflating lying with um, sort of willy-nilly sexual decisions. And her dad's like, what? And she says, it. it's another word for slut. And her dad says, great, and walks away. Is it like finding out about finding out about Vince and Ben? It's like finding out that the book Dream Boys takes place in like Alabama in the fifties. Like, God damn it, no. <laughs> um. So ninety three, we're back at, in the bedroom for the pot. Jeanette admits to flushing it. Mallory has a meltdown. It's like I'm gonna get in so much trouble with my mom. The point of the list is to like do naughty things, and you flushed all my mom's pot. She could be so pissed. But wait, that's a double jeopardy kind of thing. Like the mom can't admit she had the pot. Her mom is an alcoholic. Her dad left. He's an alcoholic and a gambler. Double fuck. Yeah. 94, we see Jeanette in the interrogation room. Guess what makes an appearance? The hideous necklace. And Jeanette's like, it's not mine. I threw mine out because it was from a friend that I had a falling out with. And the officer's like, case closed, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I just want this to be over. I want to give out traffic citations. (laughs) 1995, we see, uh, like, a late-night host being like, nobody can relate with Jeanette Turner. She's suing a kidnap victim. And then she switches to a Lifetime movie. A young Conan (laughs) O'Brien. She switches to a Lifetime movie where a woman's on the stand and crying and saying she's the victim. So Jeanette starts imitating that. That's probably what you saw in the preview where she says... I'm not the bad guy. I'm the victim. A slightly older Tiffany Amber Thiessen. <laughs> 94, Jeanette's mom is freaking out about the rumors. Her dad's like, chill. Um, and they're going to go to the fireworks. Uh, Jeanette's mom goes to get her purse. And Jeanette's dad's like, hey, guess what? I talked to Jamie Henson. You're not allowed to see him anymore. And Jeanette's like, come on, it wasn't a thing. Volleyball accident. Her dad's like, no, we don't lie in this house and no one should ever hit you. Again, great dad. (laughs) And Jeanette says, did you tell mom? And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure she would shoot a uh, Roman candle at the Henson's. And they're like, okay. They go to the fireworks. It's very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's arms are kind of broken. So Vince is working at the video store. Kate comes in and rents Silence of the Lambs, Misery, and Groundhog Day. Vince says, oh, great, Groundhog Day. And she says, that's one for my dad. Deadpan leaves. Mallory is like, wow. And Vince says, you have nothing to say. And Mallory's like, she's been through some stuff. And so then... Wait, 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 you said Kate comes in and just... Yeah. And Vince says, I think it's creepy. Why is she renting these movies about being kidnapped? Okay, so I just I just want to um I, I know we said you said no divergence, but I was wa- No no I didn't say no. I just said that we're okay. having a ton so these will go faster. Um so uh George R. R. Martin and Stephen King had a talk at like a university mm-hmm. and like yeah, they're just talking about writing and all these other things and they like somehow they brought up this brought up misery. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King was just like, this is kind of all our fear, isn't it? Yeah. And, and George Martin's like, okay, so here's the thing. The scariest thing to ever happen to me is that somebody left a copy, a paperback copy of Misery in my mailbox with no envelope, no, like, address, <laughs> just in my mailbox. I never heard anything else about it, but it's just like, somebody knows where I live and somebody put this here. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> 
Wouldn't it be so much funnier, though, if it was just, like, coincidence? Like, someone was walking, finished Misery, and was like, eh. And put it in the mailbox having no idea it's George R.R. R. Martin's house. I mean, that'd be really funny. I mean, like, fuck it, I've seen... I didn't get to go on the Stephen King tour because it yeah. sold out too quickly, but I have seen his house. It is... They're, like you're like that's fucking Stephen King's house. Yeah, it's so cl- there's bats outside of it. I can totally imagine though George R. R. Martin just living in like a normal ass house. <laughs> like I feel like dudes who are like kind of that off the wall are just like, why would my house doesn't need to look like a theme park? Yeah, um, I did see a cool uh, tour of Guillermo del Toro's house uh-huh. that Conan or Eddie Richter did on the Conan show. That it's exactly what you think it is. It's full of, like, old movie monster stuff and whatnot. Yeah. All right, but please continue. Okay, so Jeanette's mom, 93, we're back with nerdy Jeanette, everything feels safe. <laughs> Sorry, I just also imagine Kate watching Misery and, like, they get to the hobbling scene and she's like, pansy. Yeah. I mean, so when we see more of her interactions with Martin, it oh, is goody. chilling. Yeah. Um... So Jeanette's mom is talking to her about how Mallory is upset about the flesh joints. And Jeanette's mom's like, you did the right thing. You can totally tell that Jeanette's mom is like, oh my god, yes, 1000% outgrow Mallory. And we get the other side of the Jeanette's mom, Kate's mom interaction. Because Kate's mom has called the Turners creepy and weird. Jeanette's mom says, oh yeah, Jeanette... uh, Kate's mom followed me around like a little puppy. So many guys wanted to go out with me, including Kate's late father. But shush, don't tell anyone that. Um, Wait, okay, so I'm like, Jeanette's mom is saying like she was the popular girl. Yes. And Kate's mom followed her around. Yes. Holy shit. And Kate's mom had said, uh, the weird apple does not fall far from the creep tree. So, like, there is a lot of shade being thrown all over the place. This is, like, that Susan Sarandon, Betty White, like, movie where every, like, it's, like, three generations of women that all hate each other, because, like... Oh, oh, right, right, right. I I forget what it's called. It wasn't very good. Mom did not care for it when we watched it. Okay. I think she fell asleep pretty hard. (laughs) That doesn't really mean anything. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Mom's just like, oh, this is tripe. All right, I'm forcing myself to like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, 1995, um, we see Jeanette sitting in her room, blue sepia tune, tune, handsome brother comes in, he's home from college, Jeanette says, you're never home. And he's like, yeah, free laundry, and Jeanette says... Somehow they found out at college. It's 95 and they still found out. <laughs> um... She tells him about seeing Kate at the stoplight, says, you know, I miss a time before everyone wished I was dead. And then tells him that um, Claire from Chemistry called. And he said, speaking of calls, it'd be nice if you took mom's call every now and then. And Jeanette does not respond to that. 1994, we're at the fireworks. Jamie makes eye contact with Jeanette, but ignores her. 93, Jeanette sneaks into Martin's ha- ha- Martin Harris's house using the key from the jewelry box of foreshadowing it's fully furnished now she goes and steals a yearbook from his old school and this is intercut we see nerdy 1993 Jeanette running around this house as the fireworks go off in the distance we see 1995 sullen all in black Jeanette going around the house as the fireworks go off 1995 Jeanette goes into the basement 
we see the chicken wire has been um, nailed up across the windows. Uh, and she's in that creepy dance studio area. 94, we're with Vince and Ben. They, Ben had picked Vince up from work in his van. He asks him, does Mallory know, like, where we're going, what we're doing? And Vince says, I don't know. I, no, she doesn't. As they pull up to this house that has purple light, Ben says, the forum said, this is the place. It's like an LGBTQ safe house. There's, like... Music, no, nothing bad happens. There's music playing. <laughs> ben and um, Vince are standing in the fort, like the foyer. They hold hands. We see a drag queen and a bouncer um, standing over at the bar. The bouncer turns to the drag queen and says, You know, those kids are underage. Should, basically, like, should I out them? And the drag queen says, No, this is a safe space. There's not a lot of those. I just won't serve them. We see the two boys dancing. You can tell it's, like, the first time they slow danced. It's incredibly charming. I cried both times I watched it. <laughs> and I am dreading whatever happens. Um, because we have gotten that foreshadowing. So, 94, um, Jamie begs Jeanette not to tell Kate about the kiss. He says, you know, she's back now. I can't abandon her. Jeanette says, you know, what, like, basically, what am I supposed to do? And Jamie says, you know, I don't know. And he says, how did you know that Kate was missing before everyone else? It seemed like you were the only one who knew. And Jeanette says, screw you, and walks away. Um, so... I'm so enraptured right now, so yes. I'm not talking. <laughs> 95, we're back. Jeanette's still in the basement. We hear a man say hello, which is, like, kind of Martin's calling card. I don't know how to explain how that happens, but he... When he appears to Kate, he's always like... Hi. We'll get to that, like, in later episodes. But um, Jeanette starts. Vince comes down. And he's like, why are you in this torture chamber? And Jeanette says, you know when we came here, when we were playing hide-and-seek that first time, I, I came down here, and it wasn't that I felt like anything bad had happened, but, like, what it was going to happen, and I thought maybe I could undo that. And Vince says, is it working? And she says, no, it was just wistful thinking. And he says... You know, I called Ben today, and she said, I thought you gave that up. And he said, no, I guess it was some wishful thinking. And he's, so Vince is being dis, uh, deposed, and they ask him, has Jeanette ever lied to you? You've known her your entire life. He says, no. Do you know if Jeanette's ever returned to the house? He says, not to my knowledge. And now we're back in the basement during the fireworks. And he said, how often do you come here? And she says, I got addicted to the rush. I came here a lot. And Vince stays silent. And she says, is there anything else you want to ask me? And you see her eyes, like, kind of glazed with tears. Hard cut. We are at the jewelry box of foreshadowing. We see, it is 1993. We see the Go Girl necklace, a joint, and Martin's key. And so the reason, I, I don't know why I didn't write down there. The reason she took the yearbook was as a peace offering to Mallory. And Mallory says, you went back? And she says, yes. And this is, you know, I wanted to give this to you. And Mallory says, I'm trying not to act impressed. But uh, Jeanette says, I wanted you to know I'm serious about the list. And so Jeanette, Jeanette is invited in for pizza rolls. But this means that Mallory knows that Jeanette went back after that first time. And that... Vince is clearly wrong. And 
the whole thing about the court case is it's basically Jeanette's word against Kate's word. And if Jeanette is going back to the house that much, and that is the end of episode three. <laughs> you get why I'm obsessed with this, right? I want to watch this. So, like, when we, when we first started talking about this, you know, on the episode, I was just like, I have to watch, like, six episodes. Like, that's, like, six... They go so fast. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. But I'm just, like, like you know, because I looked it up, like, the, the, the time, like, 42 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm just, like, that, like, I was, like, six episodes of that. That's, like, like, nine hours <laughs> of TV watching. But now I'm just, like, that's only nine hours. I can get through that. I can't... That. I don't think it's that long, because I watched the first five episodes in one night. I started at 10... It's, like, four hours, because I started at, like, 10.30... And I was in bed by 2.30. Okay. Um, but it's so... I mean, do you have Hulu without commercials? No. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Cut that part out. <laughs> um, so it's... If you want to watch along, we're going to be doing episodes four through six next week. Um, if you have any sort of feelings about cruel summer i don't know i i'm i'm so taken with this show i know i always uh, offer dissenting opinions but i'm not gonna agree <laughs> um, i probably will i don't know write us at realtygirltalk at gmail.com we want to thank our sponsors this week um liquid death <laughs> which seems kind of i mean we haven't even besides martin we haven't mentioned any death but it feels like all of this feels so heavy like i think this is like a lot of shows like what a lot of shows forget is that like you can have really bad stuff and go like only so far which it sounds like this show kind of did where it's just like no we're just gonna talk about just like these really intense hateful per interpersonal relationships do you know what's really interesting because like one of of course one of the recommendations i got from watching this show is pretty little liars and i feel like this is like pll but if you bled all of the camp out of it yes like only the most serious parts and like that i have to give it to freeform and hulu like they give a trigger warning about grooming in the episodes where we see martin interacting with kate That's before good. the abduction and I think that's so important conversationally and, you know, for people watching. So just to close out the episode, because I know we ran a little long, but the show deserves it. Um, we have a Facebook group and page that Frank moderates. Uh, Frank has another podcast called I Hope I Can Make It Through with his friend Donnie. They are in season six of Degrassi. And until next week, I am Susie Coda. I'm Frank and Coda. Team, Team Coda. Coda. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. 
We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Thermador, at your local Ferguson showroom.